Welcome to your daily cup of true crime in 15 minutes or less from Hot Crime Cold Coffee. Listener discretion advised due to sensitive material and some violence. These daily episodes are brought to you Monday through Friday in addition to our regular weekly episodes that you can find on Wednesdays and Fridays. Today is Tuesday, November 15th, and yesterday's true crime trivia question was who became infamous for the Chippendales murder? And the answer to that question is Soman Steve Banerjee. Soman Banerjee, who's better known as Steve Banerjee, was born on October 8th, 1946 in Mumbai in India. He is known as one of the co-founders of the Chippendales back in 1979 along with partner Paul Snyder. Paul Snyder eventually killed the Playboy Playmate Dorothy Stratton. The Chippendales started out as a male strip club and then it evolved into an international show. Banerjee was known as being extremely obsessed with protecting his success, even if it meant resorting to violence to protect his success. In 1979, he sent someone to burn down Moody's Disco, which was a rival nightclub, and in 1984, he tried to do the same at a place called Red Onion, which was a restaurant and bar. He had started working with the New York-based producer and choreographer Nick DeNoya to help expand Chippendale's business. It was becoming an international success. They had the Chippendale's calendar and they were going places. But Benergie, I don't know if he was jealous or that he envied Denoya's creativity and his charisma and how much people liked him. And Denoya got a lot of the credit for the creativity behind the Chippendales. So even though Denoya and Benergie had an agreement which gave Denoya 50% of the profits from Chippendale's tours, which was actually written on the back of a napkin. Benerjee decided to go after Denoya. It could be that he felt that Denoya was becoming more successful, um, maybe that he was becoming more competitive, or maybe that Denoya was cheating him. In 1987, he decided that he needed to take Denoya out and on April 7th, 1987, Nick Denoya was murdered in New York at his office. 
Fenner delayed to keep his hands clean, so he'd hire other people to do his dirty work. And he had hired a man named Ray Cologne to kill Denoya. Cologne, instead of shooting Denoya himself, he enlisted a man named Gilberto Rivera Lopez to shoot Denoya. Though Benergy was a suspect in Denoya's murder, there was nothing that linked him directly, no evidence that they could use in order to convict him of Denoya's murder. Again, in 1991, Benergy decided he needed to protect his franchise. Several of the Chippendales had left. They had essentially defected, I think is probably the best word, and started working for a rival company called Adonis. And just like with Denoya's murder, Ben Benergy enlisted Cologne, who again didn't get his hands dirty, but hired another person to do it. But this hitman, known only as Strawberry, decided he wasn't going to do it and he reached out to the FBI. The FBI started to investigate Benergy extensively, including going back to Denoya's murder, the arsons, and these attempted murders of these dancers that had left Chippendales. After months and months and trying to get him to confess, by any means necessary and they tried multiple things they decided to set it up that Benergy would think that he was on the run so he was talking to Ray Cologne who was behind the setup as well and it was all recorded and they were able to get a confession Benergy was deemed guilty in 1994, but the night before his sentencing, he committed suicide in his cell. Today's a true crime trivia question is, what is the name of the National Forest serial killer? And I'll have the answer for you tomorrow. On this day in true crime history, on November 15, 1970, an American college student named Robin Ann Graham disappeared from a Los Angeles freeway in the early morning hours of November 15th after her car had broken down along the side of the highway. She has not been found or seen since. And her missing persons case is considered cold. What happened is that her car had broken down on the side of the road. And she was able to call her sister and let her know that she had run out of gas and needed help using a call box. I don't know if you've seen those. They, stu they still exist. There's emergency call boxes on the side of remote highways. It'll say emergency call box. 
I always try to make a note of them if we're driving down the highway in case something happens. Several times the California Highway Patrol had stopped and checked in with her to make sure that she was okay and she assured them that she had called for help and was just waiting. The California Highway Patrol officers saw her talking with a young man but they assumed it was the person that she had called to help her. The young man had a Corvette. When her parents went to go pick her up, she was gone. She was no longer there and no one has seen her since then. Also today in true crime history on November 15th, 1998, Miranda Colleen Fenner was stabbed and murdered at a video store that she was working at called The Movie Store in Laurel, Montana. Around 8.15 in the evening, someone driving past the video store noticed that there was a woman who looked injured trying to crawl out the door of the building. The driver stopped and called 911 and found that Fenner had been stabbed multiple times in the all over. I won't get into details. They, it took them a really long time to find her murderer. And eventually in 2017, Zachary David O'Neill, and I remember this, confessed to killing her. The breakthrough that led them to identify O'Neill as the killer is that he confessed to the murder while he was in a psychiatric ward at a Spokane hospital in 2016. But law enforcement kind of brushed it aside. And then he offered details that were not known to the public. And that's when investigators decided to take it seriously and realize that he was the, he was the one who did it. And he, he came forward and said that he did it. But so many years had passed. And then in 2019, he was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole. There is so much noise going on right now because of the new documentary that's coming out on Peacock. Um, it's a documentary about Casey Anthony, and it's her side of the story, is what she's saying. In 2008, she became infamous after the disappearance of her two-year-old daughter, Kaylee. She was charged with Kaylee's murder, but the jury found her not guilty. And so many people were angry because the public in general thought that she had done it and, and were adamant. But here's the thing. 
if you have a really good defense lawyer, you can get away with it. Casey Anthony had a good defense lawyer and she got away with it. O.J. Simpson. There's other trials out there and other people that should have been convicted, but because they had a good defense attorney that created a good argument, they were not convicted. And remember, depending on where you live, it has to be a unanimous verdict or it has to be a majority but you have to be able to find them guilty beyond a reasonable doubt and it's the job of the defense attorney to create doubt to make the jury make sure that they are a hundred percent sure that the person who did it really is guilty and with a good defense attorney, they can create that doubt. Again, the documentary comes out on November 29th on Peacock. And I intend to watch it. And we'll see how well done it is. And what her side of the story is. Because how they're presenting it right now in the trailers and the promos is that it's the truth and it's finally Casey Anthony has a voice to tell her side of the story. So I've put it on the calendar. It's been over a year since Michael Vaughn from Fruitland, Idaho has been missing. He was five years old at the time that he disappeared and his family affectionately calls him monkey. There's finally been a break in the case this week and unfortunately law enforcement has stated that they are looking for remains. They said that they had a credible lead that led them to the residents of Stacy Wandra and his wife Sarah Wandra. She was arrested and charged with felony failure to report a death and I'm not sure if he has been charged at all but Stacy had given law enforcement a tip. There may have been some other ones as well and then his wife, Sarah, when law enforcement was there, stated that she knew that the little boy was deceased and was buried in the backyard. So all over the weekend and into this week, law enforcement has been thoroughly searching the backyard. It's not very far from Michael Vaughn's family home and I can't imagine his mother looking out her window and seeing all of the activity that is going on at the Wandra's house right now. It's all fenced off. Law enforcement 
does not want anyone nearby. They've requested that everyone stay away. And it's just so heartbreaking. But hopefully this family can have some answers and be able to heal. And that's it for today's daily. Check in tomorrow for another one. And later in the day, we'll have our regular full episode drop. See ya.